is we need to be uh, to a place in our lives that we're thankful for whatever state we're in or whatever situation we're going through. We're not thanking for God for the situation. You're going to understand when it says uh, uh, thank God in everything, it don't mean we're thanking Him for the situation. We need to be thankful for to what God's done and what He's doing in the middle of the situation. I'm telling you, your Thanksgiving will, will bring a... a, a your, let me say this. Your Thanksgiving will cause your faith level to rise. Now, don't get me wrong. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Only way faith comes... But I say, it will stir your faith in God when you start being thankful for what you have. You know, a lot of times we just need to be thankful for what we already have. Amen? Instead of always sitting there, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. But if you, I guarantee if you took a little time and looked at all the things that you did have, you'd say, my God, I got a whole lot more than I thought I had. Have you ever done any inventory? Huh? Let me say it this. Have you ever done any inventory on the positive side? We most of the time do inventory on the negative side. We go in and look and say, well, we don't have this and we don't have that and we don't have this and we don't have that. We ought to go in there and say, well, we do have this and we do have that and we got that right there. Come on now. It'll start changing your whole attitude. Amen? So he said, don't be anxious for anything. He said, but through prayer and, 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 and supplication and thanksgiving. That's, that was a, that, let me say this. That's a major part of your prayer life and your Christian walk with God is a, is a life of thanksgiving. To just be thankful to God. Say, God, I thank you. You know, I, we, we, I, I've been to places in my, my life and, and, uh, you know, uh, I've been born again a long time since March 5th, 1978. That was my birthday. And I'm telling you something. I, I struggled. Anybody ever struggled with faith? Struggled with believing and trusting? And man, I did. I, I was so, so sight oriented. So side, aren't it? I was talking to Mike and Debbie yesterday. I went by their house and was talking it. And Mike said something. He said, I used to be, if I don't see it, I don't believe it. If I don't see it, I don't believe it. And I said, now you're believing it before you see it. He just turned this thing out. He said, absolutely right. And ain't that the way the world goes? I ain't going to believe it unless I see it. And Jesus said, unless you believe it, you're not going to see it. What sort of things you desire when you pray, believe that you shall receive them and then you shall have them. That's in Mark 11, 24. He says you've got to believe those things before you, before you ever see it. Listen, that's a walk in the life of faith. So you might as well enjoy life in the process of before you see it. See, that's when you go into thanksgiving. Well, not just when you go into Thanksgiving, but you start thanking God for what you've already prayed for, that it's going to manifest. It says, saying, it don't look like this thing is ever going to happen for me. Well, honey, you ain't got a whole lot of peace in your life. Why? Because the Bible says when you pray, listen, let, let me say this. Let me throw this in there. When you pray in faith, believe it. Then the peace of God will mount garrison around your hearts and your mind. Because if you pray in doubt and unbelief and don't believe anything, then you're still going to struggle with the worry, the fretting, the anxiety. Are you hearing me? you got to pray in faith. Listen, I, I, I learned a long time ago, if I'm going to pray, it might as well be in faith and it might as well believe in that I'm going to get the answer to that prayer. Or why do I pray? What's the purpose in praying if I don't even believe it's going to happen? Huh? But listen to me, if we're not careful, after we get through praying, our language afterward depicts the fact that we don't believe it's going to happen. 
Am I right? Now, I don't know your prayer life. I know what I'm not talking and pouncing on nobody. I'm just letting us know there's got to be a faith walking God. There's got to be a life of thanksgiving in our life that we're grateful and thankful for everything that we do have so God can add something else to our lives. I think Jesus was a... I'm going to have to skip a lot of stuff I have wrote down. But I think Jesus was a prime example. How many knows the Bible says we should follow His example? Y'all believe that? Ephesians 5, 1 says, Be imitators of God as dear children. Be imitators of God. Uh, the Message Bible says, Watch what God does and then you do it. Watch what God does and you, then you do it. And so I found out, and, and we're going to re- read a story, and uh, let's go to John. John chapter 6. I preached on this, on this just not too long ago, but the Lord kind of took me back to this for this particular message today. And uh, talking about Thanksgiving... And, uh, you know, we look at Jesus. Now, understand something about Jesus. When we start talking about Jesus, a lot of times we'll say, well, you know, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. But did you know Jesus stripped off his, his, uh, his uh, deity? He took on the form of a certain uh, servant, according to Philippians chapter 2. And listen, he stripped himself of everything he was. He, became, he was born of a woman. He was born here, took on the form of a servant or a man just like us. And then the Bible actually says that he was tempted in every area just like we are, yet without sin, or he didn't yield into it. Because I'm telling you, he was a man uh, capable of... uh, Listen, let me just say this real quick. Jesus had... If Jesus was tempted in every area just like we are, you think he ever been tempted to worry? You reckon he might have ever been tempted to worry? If he's tempted in every manner like I am, then I tell you what, I still have that. I, let me just throw it out there. I'm a, I believe I'm a faith person. I got the Word of God. I believe the Word of God. I stand on the Word of God. But I still am tempted from time to time to worry. I just don't yield to it. I have learned how to stop it. I have learned how to pull myself back over in faith and stay in faith. Are you following? And I have surely learned the power of what comes out of my mouth. That's where most people blow it, throw in the towel right there with their mouths. Jesus said you can have what you... Hello? In chapter 6, verse 1 of St. John, it says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. And now the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near and Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? But what are they among so many? Listen, when you are in a situation, Jesus was in this situation, 
There was multitudes of people. Actually, there was probably, if, if you did the estimations, there was a, a probably fifteen to 20,000 people in that particular meeting. And Jesus said, we want to feed them. Now, the disciples lived totally in the natural. Because I'm telling you, you, you've got to, you have got to develop yourself to respond and see things from a spiritual standpoint. Because if you don't, you'll only look at things and view things through the natural. Of through you figured out, trying to figure out how is this going to work? How is this going to happen? How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? You're only looking through the natural standpoint of it. You haven't ever tapped, got over into the spiritual side of it and was able to trust and put your trust in God. And so he said, what are they among so many? And then Jesus said, make the people sit down. And there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took, listen to what Jesus did. Jesus took the loaves. How many loaves were they? Five. How many fish? Two. That's not a lot. If I didn't have no more than that, I wouldn't invite at least no more than five of you to my dinner table. And I tell you, you're going to have to have a fish sandwich. And we're going to cut that fish into small pieces. Huh? You see what I'm saying? I mean, I would look at the meal and say, this is how many I can actually feed. And that's exactly what the disciples were thinking. This is only how as much as we're going to be able to take care of. In fact, we don't have enough to take care of nobody, Harley. We don't even have enough to take care of the 12 disciples. In fact, we didn't even have to leave the little boy out of his own lunch. Huh? That's just like a preacher taking a little boy's lunch. Boy, could you imagine what CNN would do with that? My God, there was a little boy in the meeting. They took his lunch. Took his lunch. Anyway. <laughs> so he distributed it to the disciples. The disciples to those sitting down. No, oh, let me, let me, I, 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 I missed miss some. And he took the loaf and listen to what he said. And when he had given thanks... He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. When he had given thanks. Listen, in the natural, in the natural, can you feed that many people with two fish and five loaves? Naturally speaking, you cannot do it. Jesus could have, if he would, uh, let me tell you something. He said he already knew what he was going to do. Listen, sometimes we know what we're going to do, but at the same time, we're struggling with get, getting to what we know what we need to do. Because I'm telling you, here he's in a situation where he's looking at five fish, two fish, five loaves, and thousands of people. But he did not focus. Listen to me, hear what I'm saying. Jesus did not focus on the insufficiency that he had. He did not look at the insufficient amount of, of food that he had and the vast need that he had. He literally, in fact, let me read you what the, the same story says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 19. Here's what it said. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fishes and listen to what he said, looking up to heaven. 
Looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitude. So here's what Jesus did, Mike. He literally took, he had, they, they brought the five loaves, the two fish to him, and he had those five loaves and two fish in his hand. And he, he, the devil could have said, you are, you're out of your mind, Jesus. There's no way you're going to be able to feed this multitude right here. Look at what you have. But Jesus said, I'm not going to look at what I have. I'm going to look at who I belong to and I'm going to look up to heaven because He's an all-sufficient God. He's El Shaddai God. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's a God that's more than enough. I am not going to focus on what I don't have. I'm going to look to the one who I belong to and who knows how to take care of this and make this thing work in my life. Come on, church. Not sit back and say, well, I don't know what we're going to do. Jesus said, I know what I'm going to do. Jesus said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to look at what we don't have. I'm going to look at what I do have. And I have a relationship with the Father God. And because I have a relationship with my Father God, He will supply our every need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Woo! So next time you're looking at that little bit, little check, you might already want to look up. Huh? You might ought to run, want to raise your eyebrows a little bit higher. Next time you're facing a need in your life, you might ought to want to look beyond your employer. You might ought to look beyond your job because your job is not your source. And when you figure that out, you're going to be a whole lot better off. I'm telling you what, it's a source of seed. It's a seed source for your life. But I tell you, if you start putting all your eggs in one basket, you're going to be in trouble, honey. You need to say, I'm going to look to God. I'm going to look unto God and unto the hills from where my help comes from. And I'm telling you, Jesus, he literally pulled himself away from looking at something that didn't seem to be work to someone he knew would work. So they were all filled, it says. And so he took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed the disciples, disciples to those sitting, uh, sitting down likewise to the fish as much as they had wanted. And so when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Gather up the fragments? Two fish and five loaves? The Bible says, listen, let's go to it. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign Jesus did, this truly the prophet who is to come into the world. And and listen, there was over 5,000 men besides women and children. Listen to me. They took up 12 baskets. Let me just say this to you. God is a God of more than enough. He's a God of an abundance. I'm telling some, and let me let me just say this, and when we get to heaven, it'll prove out. Because I can't prove this in the in, in, in planet uh, here, but I guarantee you, I bet you God told those those disciples, take those twelve baskets to that little boy's house, because he's the one that sowed the seed. He's the one that sowed the seed. You say, why are there twelve baskets? Well, he had twelve disciples. He wanted to give them all a job, huh? Listen, sometimes we get so short-sighted and we get so... Take this in the right way that I'm preaching I, I, because I, I, want you to, I want you to get help, not mad, before you get out of the service. We get so, so short-sighted sometimes that we can only focus on our need, only what we need. Huh? 
And I'm telling if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll view everything in our lives as a negative instead of a positive. Jesus didn't start saying, well, God, I can't believe this is all we got here. No, no, no. He said, God can take this and make a way. And that was Jesus' attitude. God can take this and make a way. No matter what you're dealing with in your life, if you have something, oh my goodness gracious. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to go to the Old Testament real quick. We're gonna run to 1 Kings. 1 Kings 17, Junior, uh, Christy. Verse 8. Listen to this. Lord brought this up to me this morning, so. This is talking about Elijah. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, and saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. He says, See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have. I do not have. Let me tell you something. You better get rid of that I do not have mentality. Are you following me? I do not have. He says, bring me a little water, bring me uh, uh, some bread, uh, a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as Lord God, I do not have. And so many people has that mentality, I do not have. I've had that for many years. I do not have. We do not have. We can't afford. We can't do that. We can't do this. Have anybody had that? And listen, that might have been true to in that sense in that area, but it didn't benefit me to keep saying that. It didn't benefit me to keep looking toward that way in my life. And, of course, I I grew out of that. He says, I do not have bread only, only, listen to her terminology, only, only a handful of flour in a bin, a little oil in a jar, and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son. Listen, that we may eat it and die. There wasn't a whole lot of faith in that home right there. There wasn't a whole lot of hope in that home right there. There was no expectation. She literally said, I don't have, I only have, I don't have, I only have. So if we're not careful, we say, we only have this, we only have that. We can't do this. We can't do that. Listen, we have, if, if I can get anything over to us today, we have to fill our mouths full of thanksgiving and we have to decide what's going to come out of our mouth. We can stay where we're at or we can go forward with something better. And so she said, we don't have. And so notice what, what Elijah did. Elijah said to her this. Now she's already made, I'd only have a handful. I don't have enough bread. I don't have bread. I only have enough. I only have enough for me and my son and we're going to eat it and we're going to die. There was no hope after that meal. I said, there was no hope after that meal. It's over. After this meal, we're gone. There's in a major drought because the people turned from God. We all know the story. And so Elijah said to her, do not fear. Do, let, let me say this. Most of the time, when things are coming out of our mouth that are negative, there's a, it's fear-based or it's backed by fear. It, there's fear behind that. 
Fear of not having enough. Fear of not making it. And that's exactly what was coming out of her mouth. So Elijah said this, do not fear. Sometimes you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to deal with fear. And you're going to have to say, listen, we're not going to fear in this. Huh? We're not going to get in fear. I've been, I've been there, done that. It ain't, it ain't good and ain't fun. Notice what he said. Go do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Thus says the Lord. Listen, He's given her some instructions for her provision. I said, She's given her instructions for her provision. She's already made up her mind. I don't have enough to do what you want me to do. But He said, Just go make me a small little cake biscuit first. He said, then afterward, because you do that, listen to me, Elijah was, a, Elijah was there, but Elijah was at that widow's house because God sent him to that house. So he was a representative of God. So what she did to, for Elijah, she did for God. Are you following me? And so when she, uh, so all of a sudden he says, here's what you need to do. And if you, basically it's based upon what she's going to do. What he told her is based upon what she does next. But I'm going to tell you, she had to fight through fear to do it. She was preparing her last meal for her and her son, and she was probably ready, well, I'm going to let my boy have at least have a, a little food before he dies. And I'm telling the man of God comes along and says, listen to me, if you'll just do what I'm telling you to do. Listen, listen to me. If you'll read the Word of God and do what the Word of God tells you to do, God will obligate himself to you. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. What was that? She got him some water and she got him some bread. Right? And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now listen, you got to understand something. She had to get past a mental block. All she could see was insufficiency. All she could see was not enough. But I guarantee you after that day, she saw more than enough. Because you got to understand something. A little flour, a little oil, plus nothing equals a little flour and a little oil. But a little flour, a little oil, plus God equals abundance. Are you hearing me? Depending on what you do with it. And so they ate, listen, there was a drought for three and a half years. It did not rain at that time on the earth. Everything dried up. All the creeks, all the ponds, all the, everything dried up. Nothing, there was no, nothing producing, no harvest or anything else. But God sent him to this woman. She did what he said to do. And they ate and was set, uh, taken care of through the whole drought. The rest of the drought, ever how long that was, left on there. I'm going to tell you, when we start getting our eyes off 
of what we, listen, of what we have and start getting our attention on what God has provided for us and start being thankful and grateful. I'll bet you that woman was thankful. How about you? I'll bet you every time she went and, and dipped that flower out there, she said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Every time she poured that all and was mixing them pancakes. Thank you, God. Thank you. I'm telling you, there's, there's power in thanksgiving. There's power in thanksgiving. Look at 2 Kings real quick. Now, the reason I'm reading these two stories today because he, God gave these to me just while I was in my office this morning. So I feel like I, I need to do it. Verse 1, chapter 4, 2 Kings. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? And then he said, Tell me, what do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? And she said, listen to what she said, Your maidservant has nothing. Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Listen to what she said. I have nothing but. Honey, you can't discredit what you have. You can't discredit what you have. Because I'm telling that's exactly what she was doing in the dire need of her life. She discredited what she had in the house. She said, I have nothing but just a little jar of oil. That's all I got. That's all I got. Listen, God can take a little and make a bunch. God can make a little and give abundance back in return. God sees the attitude of the heart when somebody is... is, It's kind of like when you give. God looks at the heart of that giver. Somebody loves a cheerful giver. He looks at the heart of it. And so when she said, I'm about to lose my sons to slavery because of a debt that was owed, he said, what you got in the house? Well, I don't have anything. Uh, well, just a little jar of oil. Listen. And I'm going to say it again. A little jar of oil plus nothing is a little jar of oil. But... A little jar of oil plus God is abundance. Are y'all hearing me? Is abundance. He said, go bar vessels from everywhere, from your neighbors, empty vessels. Do gather, do not, listen to what I said, do not gather just a few. She probably, she didn't know what, he he didn't say because here's what's going to happen. He said, just so go, go start getting some vessels. Sometimes we want to know everything, how's God's going to do it. Well, God, if you don't tell me how you're going to do it, I'll get out there and do it. No, no, no. He don't always tell you how he's going to do it. He'll just tell you what you need to do in order to prompt his doing. You hear me? Go bar vessels from everywhere, from your neighbors, empty vessel. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your son. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Now, how many know she, this didn't make no sense to her? Now, 
But she did it. Obviously, she did it. She said, okay, boys, y'all go to all our neighbors, get everything. And I don't know if they had any 55-gallon drums anywhere, but they needed to bring a few of them in. Now, if somebody told you that now, you'd start finding people that got 55-gallon drums. Especially after reading this story this morning. If anybody says, what you got in the house? Well, I got this in the house. Go get some vessels. You'd, you'd get a dump truck. You'd go get one of the milk carriers. We're going to fill this puppy up. Why? Because they had no idea, but of course... And so they go and get it, shut the door, and he said, no, so he said, and set aside the full ones. That, that, you gotta realize when, 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 this is how God talks. This is how God sees things. She's probably having a hard time resting. When we set aside the full ones, did, did you hear, I just got a little jar of all, did, did I not show it to you? It's like a quart jar. He said, okay, when you start pouring it in, then put the full ones aside. All right, let's do it. You know, that's an act of faith. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. She poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. He said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. When she came and told the man of God, he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. I don't have nothing but a little jar of oil. He says, but what you have and you're willing to use... God will multiply. So you go, and so they filled all these, we don't know how many vessels she had. She, they went and got, evidently they went everywhere and found every empty container they could get. It, people gave, we don't have any more containers. So they went and started pouring it. They shut the door, poured the all, poured the all. Let me, let me say this in here. I don't know why I'm throwing this in here. It just popped up my head out of my spirit. You, why, shut the door. Why? Because I don't want anybody coming in here and saying you're stupid. I don't want anybody telling you you're foolish and you, there's no way this can work for you. Shut the door. Go in there and do what God told you to do and watch what God will do. And he said, okay, you filled them all up. She said, we filled everything we had up. I guarantee she was pulling the glasses out of the cabinets. Now go sell it. And he said, when you sell it, we don't, she had a, evidently it was a great debt because they was taking her son, slavery, they was taking everything they had. Go pay your debt. And then, listen to what he said, you and your sons go live on the rest of it. They had enough not only to pay their whole debt, but to live the rest of their lives on what God did that day when she had nothing but a jar of oil. But when it gets in the hand of God, a little oil plus nothing is a little oil. A little oil plus God equals abundance. Equals abundance. So, you know, if we're not careful, we'll look at what we do not have and we'll say, Lord, we just, we just can't do this. We, we don't have enough. When you are to look at it and say, Father, I thank you for what we have. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ for you. 
giving thanks. When you pray, giving thanks. What if we tried something? What if we did something after this service today? Instead of making an inventory of what we don't have, let's inventory what we do have. Huh? You know, most places when they go in to do inventory, they're calculating what they have. Right? They're calculating what they have, not what they don't have. You know, when we're doing inventory, we need the same thing. We need to see what we do have. And say, God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for what we have. I thank you so much for what we have. Thank you. See, my old car's about on, my car's on just a, on a couple of legs. Thank God for the two legs it's on. Are you seeing what we're saying? Be thankful. It's, it's not just a, a matter where well, this is Thanksgiving such as this. This is a week of Thanksgiving. We're supposed to live a life of Thanksgiving. This isn't supposed to be a week thing, a once a year thing. This should be a daily thing. When we walk in, when you look at that check, listen to me, you're to say, Father, I thank you that this check is going to supply every need that we have because you said that's what you'd do for me. In fact, Philippians 4.19 says this, but my God shall supply your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Bible, even God himself, one of his names is Jehovah Jireh, which is your provider, which is your provider. We need to thank God and look around and say, you know, God, you're good to me. You know, I'm learning this even more and more all the time, Elijah. Just to say, God, I thank you. I thank you for what we have. I find myself griping because I got too much clothes. Is that sad? Go in your closet and say, Dad, come, I got too many clothes. I can't put nothing else in here. That ain't even good to gripe because you got too much. You're to be thankful for you got too much. Of course, I have T-shirts since I was a kid. No, I'm just kidding. Close. I hate throwing nothing away because they're all going back in style. Now the pose with the, the pants with the holes in them are worth more than the ones that's got a hole. Shoot. You start wearing those, I'm in style. Linda don't like it, but I like, I like wearing them all right. I picked one pair up the other day and had a hole kind of right in the side right there. I looked at them and looked at the trash can. I went and hung them in my closet. These guys more life in them. I wear my shirt tails out now. Can't nobody see it. Huh? Get the most out of it. <laughs> Isn't God good? Father, we love you so much. Just lift your hands to heaven and thank you. Father, we're thankful. We're a thankful people. We are so blessed to belong to you. And we're so blessed to be under your care. You said we could cast our care upon you, for you care for us. So God, I just pray this morning that, that there's just something stirred in us just to be thankful. Just for the little things. God, because if we'll be thankful for the little things, we know greater's coming. We love you so much. And we appreciate you so much. You're such a good father. You're such a good God. You're so awesome. And we appreciate you. Father, we know we're 
this week is Thanksgiving week. That we'll have families. We'll, we'll be doing all kinds of things. But God, let us not forget you. Let us not forget you. In the whole midst of it all, in the mix of everything, God, you're going to be at the top of the list. We love you so much and praise you.